0: The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Welcome to the Ask Harry podcast. This is Harry Margolis, and this is the podcast where we interview experts on all aspects of estate planning. On this episode of Ask Harry continues his conversation with Melissa Langa on the subject of international estate law planning. Melissa is an attorney with Bovee and Langa and the author of International Estate Planning, a Reference Guide. Welcome back to the Ask Harry podcast. And we've been getting a lot of questions on international estate planning at the askharry.info website. And fortunately, Melissa Langa has agreed to come back and talk to us some more on this topic. Melissa Lange is with Bovee and Langa in Boston. And is an expert on international state planning, and has even written the book on the topic, which uh, she'll tell us uh, some more about. And uh, as listeners know, we always start off with a question from the website, and so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read uh, a question, Melissa, and if, and since you can answer it much better than I can, uh, we'll, I will allow you to do that. Okay. So here it is. I am a U.S. citizen living in California. I am planning to return back to the Czech Republic where my son lives, he is not a US citizen. My assets are my savings account, CDs, my pension, social security and and 401k investments at work. I do not have any real estate. So my question is how do I make sure my son inherits my assets? What taxes will he have to pay? And I was told by my bank that I can only make, um, name a US citizen as a beneficiary. So does that mean my son can't inherit the savings, my savings at the bank?
1: Okay. Well, lots think? going on in that. Yeah, question. a lot of questions. Sure. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay, so when you're a U.S. citizen, unless you relinquish your U.S. citizenship, which is not, although it's on the increase, still not very many people are willing to do that. People like to travel on the U.S passport. Mm -hmm. This gentleman, or we don't know whether it's a gentleman or- Some people like uh, to travel,
0: prefer not to travel on their U.S. passport these days. Yes, that's true. Uh, My brother, in fact, married a Swiss woman. So they all now, he and his wife and his kids all have dual citizenship. So unless they're traveling to the U.S., they use their Swiss passports.
1: My law partner always tells the story of his daughter who's got dual passports, one Italy based upon- my partner's family's background and US mm-hmm. and she was traveling once and like she left the country on one pa- passport but when she came back she couldn't remember she's trying to get in with the other passport and she was detained and it was like you know <laughs> the US agents were there and it's like what I'm trying to
0: do. And uh, yeah I it's bet. It's
1: like no I'm just Kind of thing. So yes, we you okay. got to keep anyway. those straight when you're going <laughs> and using the different ones. But so so he's going to go. Let's just assume that this person's going. They're leaving the United States and they're going to live in the Czech Republic, and that's right. where they're going to die. Yeah. So when that person dies, a U.S. citizen, all of his worldwide assets will be subject to the estate tax. Mm-hmm. So. Does, that doesn't change. Right, he gets full use of the exemption, which is currently 11.58 million, going to 11.7 million January 1st. So all those rules just stay the same. Doesn't yeah. make any difference. So, now. so unless
0: he has more than 11.7 million, he just shouldn't shouldn't worry about it.
1: For U.S. Uh, estate tax purposes, yep. correct? Okay. Right? Good. Yeah. Now, what are the rules in the Czech Republic? I don't know, so we'd have to find out what those are. Right. Maybe the Czech Republic is usually other countries tax on domicile, not citizenship. So if he's over there long enough to establish a domicile under the rules the Czech Republic use, he might die in a situation where the Czech Republic is going to try to tax Uh things. And the U.S. government is going to try to tax things too. So that can get really interesting from an estate planning perspective when we administer an estate like that.
0: But if he has less than $11.7 million, he doesn't really have to worry about the U.S. tax.
1: Assuming the exemption stays as high as it does, which we yeah. know it's sunsetting in right. 2026, right? It's going back right. to $5 indexed index for inflation. So we don't really know how much all his assets are here. If there was a conflict, if two states, two countries were trying to tax at the same time, we'd look to see if there's a treaty. There Mm -hmm. aren't many estate tax treaties, but there are some. And then if there is no treaty, then you start applying conflict of laws, and it it does get very complicated. But things do get sorted out eventually. Mm -hmm. Bottom line is his son can inherit everything. Uh But before we get to the son inheriting, what I would want to make sure that this uh, person knew when they left the United States to live in the Czech Republic that if they start acquiring assets there, mm-hmm. for example, he opens a bank account and it has more than $10,000 in it, that he has to report those assets to the United States on hmm. an annual basis on the F bar. Uh-huh. So the federal government imposes many, it's not an extra tax. The government yeah. just wants to know if you have assets abroad, mm-hmm. only certain assets, but bank accounts of ten thousand dollars just more
0: more reporting.
1: Poor more reporting. Absolutely, mm-hmm. Harry. Mm-hmm. What happened there?
0: That sounds like a plan. now
1: I would say so. If he was never coming back to the US ever again, he might be well served by having a new estate plan done by a Czech lawyer mm-hmm. that because that's where he's gonna die, that's where his estate is gonna be administered. But in our firm and and in our book, we talk about having dual wills. So it's always good to have a will in every jurisdiction where you have assets. Uh So it might be for this person that they are gonna still have a US will, and it's gonna say this will controls what happens in my US property. And then there's gonna be a will done in the Czech Republic saying this governs what happens to my property in the Czech Republic, my assets. So property can be assets, real estate, whatever, bank accounts. And in that way, we have found that it's easier to actually administer the estate at death because Mm -hmm. each country, their courts are now looking at a document they're familiar with.
0: That that they'll honor. Exactly. And in the language they know.
1: It's, yeah, that's always helpful too. Yeah. That's yeah. always helpful too. I once had, I, I had clients come in and it was originally going to be a young couple, both from China, but living here in the United States, they had green cards, they were going to be U.S. citizens or children were born here, that they needed an estate plan. Well, they come into my office with seven relatives. <laughs> we, they all come in. None of them speaking English. Wow. It's like the father, the mother, and aunt, and they have an interpreter, okay? So I've got, yeah, well, for them as it turns out, but not for me. (laughs) So what happened, Harry, it was kind of funny. So it turned out the father was extremely wealthy, had Mm -hmm. had a lot of assets in China, and he was very concerned about what was gonna happen to his wealth when it passed. That's why he wanted to be there and the daughter was happy to have him there and the son-in-law. But I would ask a question. And I'm just making this up, but like I'd say, well, did everybody have, have anybody have trouble finding parking? And then there'd be this talking in Chinese that would go on for like 15 minutes. Bub, 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 and then the translator would turn to me and say, no. Like, okay, a lot more went on in that <laughs> right, conversation. Right. So when it's something stupid like parking, who cares? But I was right. asking, giving good information and talking right. about this. And I never knew what they were saying. I right. never whether knew. What they were and saying. what you were
0: getting back, whether it was the full story.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I finally said I would continue representing them if I could get, I could have an interpreter mm-hmm. there also. Yeah, um, it would be at their dime. Yeah, but I needed to know what everybody was being said, and I needed to know whether they understood what I was saying.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they didn't want to do that. So oh, really, <laughs> they <lost. laughs> okay. they went to your firm, Harry. No, uh, I, don't no
0: I don't think so. Don't remember them. ever
1: have twelve people walk into your conference room.
0: <laughs> Not so required.
1: No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I just tell that story that when you're dealing with international things, sometimes translation can become a real issue. Yeah. And you can't always just turn to Google Docs.
0: Right, right. You know,
1: to, to get it taken care of.
0: And you also need to, you, you mentioned having a dual sort of parallel estate plans. Yeah. You also have to work with lawyers from other countries. We do.
1: Yes, yes. And and it's interesting how we find competent people. So I'm a member of STEP S T E P, mm-hmm. which is the Society of Trust and Estate Professionals. And it's a worldwide organization based in London of trusted estate lawyers. So by being and it, it's for US people it's not that rigorous to become a member of STEP, mm-hmm. quite frankly. I'm a member.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you qualify, for, no matter how rigorous it would be.
1: But odd for a UK attorney or, or an attorney in Italy, whatever, to become a member of STEP. They have to go through quite a process of test taking and writing, and so usually the attorneys associated with STEP are pretty good. Mm-hmm. So if I don't personally already know somebody through ACTAC or other organizations I belong to, I always go to the STEP directory. Mm-hmm. And I can usually find somebody who knows what they're talking about in yeah. the jurisdiction I need.
0: So, good. So, the going back to the question that we started with, one of the questions of the writer had to do with a bank that wouldn't yeah. allow a non-citizen to be a beneficiary? Have you, have Isn't you heard that? Isn't that a
1: mystery? Never. So uh-huh. I, my first, if that was my client. My first answer <laughs> would be go to another bank. Right. See, see if you go go to another a different, what do they call it? I'm going to say an outlet. That's not right. the word. Just another branch. See if yeah. you get the same answer. I, I I, have frankly never heard of that. Now, <laughs> it sounds like what the person's trying to do is put what's called a pay on death. Right. Designation on the account. Yeah, And while Massachusetts and most states have laws that permit a financial institution to do that, the law also lets the financial institution make any rules they want Mm -hmm. around it. So maybe for this particular bank, they felt they'd have to do too much due diligence at the end of the day because- Starting around 10 years ago, is Harry, the world just the financial world just kind of blew up with all the um, hiding of assets and the fraud that was going on and dirty money circling the globe. Right. And because of that, now it used to be 20 years ago, you could literally call up a bank in Switzerland and open up an account.
0: Yeah, that's what a happened. Secret when... account, Oof, um, and,
1: and you could do it that day. You know, well, my, now, when,
0: when my kids were born, my, I told you my brother lives in Switzerland, he opened up Swiss bank accounts for my kids. But then some years later, he said it's too much trouble and he closed them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, now it usually takes us a good two months to open up a foreign account uh-huh. for a client because of all the due diligence and affidavits you have to file and you got to have recommendations from business associates. And they're just, everyone's afraid that they're going to be handling bad money. Yeah, and um, don't want to get caught up in it. So that could be it. They just don't want to do the due diligence.
0: Wow. So so we have run into trouble in our practice with clients who live overseas in terms of well, in terms of accounts at, at Fidelity, especially. Oh, yeah. But they, they won't. They basically won't let them trade on those accounts, especially if they're oh. in a trust.
1: And is the who's the trustee?
0: So, actually, I'm a trustee on both trusts, and in one case, the beneficiary is an American citizen who lives in, now lives in Portugal, was living in Italy, and in the other case, and I only became a a trustee on his trust because they said he couldn't be a trustee. So,
1: Would it make it a foreign trust because was he not a U.S. person?
0: Well, he's a U.S. citizen, so. Well,
1: that should be okay.
0: Yeah, I think legally it's probably fine. It's probably Fidelity's rules. And the other case, it was a, a personal injury case and this w- young woman's grandmother in the Dominican Republic was named as a co-trustee and, uh, and I ended up getting involved for a long story. But And for a long time, there was no issue with that trust. And then all of a sudden they decided, well, we have a foreign trustee and you can't trade on that either. Interesting. Yeah.
1: It it all goes back to those know your customer rules. They're just making, and and the reverse happens. It used to be that US citizens could open up financial accounts abroad and, and bank accounts abroad, and you can still do it, but there's a lot of banks and a lot of financial institutions around the world that just said they don't want to deal with Americans. There's yeah. too much reporting requirements. Mm-hmm. We request all sorts of information that they're not really set up to provide. Yeah. And they don't want to comply with our tax laws. And it's been hard. Yeah. It's it's been hard.
0: Definitely. Wow. So
1: I don't know why that's that son can't get on it. I wonder if he made it a joint account. With the son, now, he may not want to do that for other reasons, but right. that, that could possibly that get around for, the,
0: for this, the pay
1: this. on death.
0: Yeah, that might that's possible. So it depends on the bank, probably. Depends
1: on the bank. And, and many times we say, oh, just put it in a trust, and then, yeah. But when you have a, somebody going abroad like that, like in this situation, you got to be really careful about trust. If this person had a traditional U.S. estate plan, that's got at least two trusts in it probably, right? Yeah, um, The Czech Republic could start taxing that in, in a way that's unexpected. Hmm. The UK, you gotta watch out when people go to live in the United Kingdom. They have terrible laws regarding trusts. France also. So you always gotta look at the existing plan.
0: So this is a, another go. reason if to, to consult with an estate planning attorney in, the, in the, your new country, if you move over.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: And I assume if you do that, that then whatever property you have in that new country is going to be subject to their, not only their tax rules, but their inheritance rules.
1: Yeah, probably. Right. um, I kind of started out this discussion saying that you'd have, he's a U.S. citizen. He's never getting rid of being taxed by the U.S. government unless he gives up his citizenship. Right. Right. And yeah, there's no question that if he is establishes a domicile in the Czech Republic, they're going to impose their rules too. I personally don't know whether the Czech Republic has an estate tax or not,
0: but some countries or inheritance tax. And so, but some countries also, aside from taxes, have forced share rules, right? So that your cho- your children are entitled to a share, or your spouse is entitled to a share, which yes. isn't so true in the United States. We have the idea that whatever's yours is yours and you can do whatever you want with it and give it to whoever you want. But I, I believe other countries. There's um, some
1: exceptions, right? A spouse can force a share. Yeah.
0: Right. That's true. Some in, in it's not much of a share in Massachusetts at least, but no, it's, um,
1: not, is it? it's a
0: pretty meager share. <laughs> it sure but, is. Uh, but I think in other countries are come from a tradition that that it's likely that whatever you have, you receive from your family, and so yes. it should stay in the family, and you shouldn't have total control over how it's how you dispense with it.
1: Really fascinating the different rules around the country. In in some places, And so an example is I have a client who's got a lot of ancestral property in certain provinces in India, mm-hmm. and he just keeps on telling me I'm not to worry about it. It'll just pass automatically over there. It uh-huh. just, it's people have been living on the land forever, and that's how it passes. Is he right? Is he wrong? I really don't know. He told mm-hmm. me not to look into it. But sometimes in Lebanon or some of the countries in the Middle East, it's the same kind of thing. They don't have the traditional deeds that mm-hmm. we have in the United States. You could trace back land you know in the registry right. of deeds, right. you know, for three hundred years. It, it's just a completely different concept. Mm-hmm. Now France has forced. I have a lot of clients with property in Paris and things like that. And you can actually get around those. There are ways to get around those uh-huh. laws. If step one is to understand them, right? Right. Step two is, well, now that we understand them, are, are you okay with the results? And sometimes that's fine. The clients go, yeah, I don't care if my yeah. children get 50% and surviving spouse gets 50%. Mm-hmm. And then, but if they say, no, that's not what we want, then we can start doing some planning. And sometimes if you hold a piece of real estate, for example, in a uh, corporate-like structure—they're mm-hmm. called SCIs in in France. Yeah, yeah. You can get around the forced airship rules, so there's always planning to do. Sometimes you can get where you want to go; sometimes you can't.
0: Right, but you got to talk to somebody who knows the rules where, wherever you are.
1: Yes, yes, and I always think for people who, because sometimes right people live. They're not going there to live forever. They they just have their winter home in in mm-hmm. Mexico and their summer home in Falmouth. Right. And there's planning that those people should be doing. Also, they Definitely. have any. Oh yeah, I'm a big proponent of you should have incapacity documents drawn up for <laughs> every jurisdiction that you're going to be spending a lot of time in. So and and of course by that, I, you should have a healthcare proxy. That's so in my example.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That
1: family, they should all have healthcare proxies, Spanish,
0: you know, Mexican, mm-hmm. right. and
1: durable powers of attorney. So, if so, their uh, bank accounts they have down there and the real estate they have down there and the other things you just accumulate mm-hmm. when you live someplace for six right. months out of a the year, their US documents should be good, but sometimes you end up fighting to try to get those recognized. Yeah. So, as long as you have dual documents that mention each other, this is just for when I'm in San Miguel. Uh-huh. This is just for when I'm in the United States. That's okay. You can absolutely do that, and it doesn't muck up the plan.
0: So it sounds like that's the biggest takeaway: is uh, and plan wherever you are, and plan wherever you have property.
1: Yes, yes, and and make sure your advisors know everything you have. Right. Don't don't leave anything off the list.
0: And right? that they know, and that they know about each other.
1: Yes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Very good. Well, as we said at the outset of uh, this program, you wrote the book on international estate planning. Uh, can you tell me, tell us a little bit about it?
1: Yeah. So I, I write it with Barbara Hauser, who is a very smart lawyer that's based out in Minnesota. And she's the real mover and shaker behind the book. She wrote it originally a decade ago or more. And I got involved around five years ago, helping her just update it on an annual basis. And then last year, the publisher, Juris Publishing, kind of pushed us to do a whole new volume, which it was due, right? When you have these yeah. books that get updated, it's right. they kind of get hard to read after a while, right? right? Yeah. yeah like, exactly. like lots
0: of amendments to a trust. You need to restate it. <laughs>
1: do a new one already. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we spent a lot of time, Karen Ramonte, who works in my uh, office. She was wonderful helping us do the editing and things like that. And it came out about six months ago. And yeah, so we're very pleased with it. Although I'm already, Harry, marking it up. I'm saying, sure oh, I can change this or how did I miss that paragraph? Yeah. Everything's I, a work okay, in progress. Now. I know. Right. Yeah. You know yeah. that as well as I do for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, you're quite the author yourself.
0: Yeah, trying to uh, write for consumers a little less less intense, I think, than doing yeah, a Yeah, well, I bought your
1: book, Put Your Ducks in Order, is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, Get Your
0: Ducks in a Row.
1: Get Your Ducks in Order, what a wonderful book. It's thank so you. readable, your sense of humor really comes out in it quite well. <laughs> That's a nice book. That's
0: nice to hear. Thanks, Melissa, and thank you for this, and I, I think it's going to be uh, very useful for all of our listeners and and for me.
1: You're welcome, Harry. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank
0: you for listening to the Ask Harry podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends and colleagues. If you have questions about estate planning, you can find answers at askharry.info. And if you don't find your answer there, you can post a question and I will respond to it. You can also subscribe and listen to future episodes on iTunes. If you're interested in Harry's book, Get Your Ducks in a Row, The Baby Boomer's Guide to Estate Planning, please visit Margolis.com. That's M-A-R-G-O-L-I-S dot com. Ask Harry is a production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network.